if anyone here is in advertising or marketing, kill yourself. Anarchism is not bombs, disorder, or chaos. It is not robbery and murder. It is not a war of each against all. Anarchists stand for anarchy, anti-capitalism, anti-racism, anti-authoritarianism, internationalism, autonomy, direct democracy, ecology, self-organization, solidarity, anti-fascism, anti-neoliberalism. Anti-nationalism, atheism, equality, and freedom. Tune in to Subversion One Three One Two, the Four Triple Z Anarchy Show. Tuesday from nine till ten p.m. on one hundred two point one FM or streaming four zzzfm.org.au. How about trying this future on for size?
Good evening. Welcome to Subversion 1312. You are indeed on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM, broadcasting out of Brisbane. You're with Linda, and tonight we're going to have a special guest in the studio, Gerald Keeney, and he's coming in to talk with me about an event which happened on Sunday and uh, a protest which happened outside that event, which we talked about last week, actually, to the racist Canadian commentators or, or people who, who spew vile out of their mouth, Lauren Southern and Stephen Molyneux, or Molyneux, as I like to call him, were speaking in Brisbane at the Convention Centre on Thursday on Friday, Sunday, Sunday night, and there was a protest outside, and Gerald was there, and so was I. And as we heard last week, there were people there yelling at racist dogs. There were also uh, socialists and some people who I don't know who were doing refugee kind of protest there as well and there were a number of police holding their bikes as as some sort of barricade and there was at one stage which I'll be talking about with Jerry there was some media there but there was lots of kind of uh, citizen media or sort of people who have a mobile phone and put things on YouTube and some of them were quite annoying but these towards the end these two people came out and there was a guy who was from the Liberal Democratic Party which is a libertarian party and then there was a woman who I later saw in a video had been she was Canadian and she had been selling t-shirts inside and she came out to talk to people in the in the crowd and uh, find out some stuff and ask some evacuous questions. And there was a guy there with a football and he had one of the best responses to her, her um, call for an interview of the night. And they are great animals. Yeah, what else do you love? Do you love large animals? I love football. I, I actually have a football with me right now. Uh, what did your sign say? Refugees are welcome. Uh, refugees are welcome. Racists are not. Uh, the sign says Okay, so if you think that someone is a racist, they shouldn't be allowed to have a hate speech. How do you bring free speech and hate speech? Tell me the difference. I love animals. I love animals. there we go we heard it twice just for Good measures, uh, and that was, yeah, one of the more uh, thoughtful. And I don't want to say until I'm not going to say 
that it was one of the more intelligent reactions of the night, but it was one of the more intelligent reactions of the night. There's a band called Love Moves, and I have to, to give a disclaimer. Mark, my housemate, and Mark who comes in here, Mark is in Love's Moves. So I'm just uh, putting putting that out there and acknowledging that that might influence my love of this song, but it does not influence my love of Brisbane, and that is what this song is all about. This is a cover of the 1980s song Love You Brisbane and the video clip to this is also amazing. This is brand new, the first time played on for Triple Z. The train arriving on platform one is the Brisbane City train stopping at all stations. From the mountains down to the sea Yes, she's the city we love She's the best in the world And there's no place I'd rather be Love you, Chermside, Brackenridge, I want to hear your story. Bridge, Goma, where the culture's rad. I go to Reckless to visit my dad. Northgate, Highgate, Sandgate too. What's your point, kangaroo? Go to see a show at the powerhouse. Go to Indrapilly to buy a blouse. CBD and Queen Street Mall. Northern, it's the big pineapple. Have another drink or four in the valley. Pick up a hottie or catch a yabby. The family, the Met, are G's to beat. The sunshine state where the heat's a treat. Get a strawberry ice cream when you're at the Echo. I went to school with a girl called Rebecca. Brisbane, Expo, 88. 2K18 Gold Coast Games, Mogul Road, Coronation Drive. At the Gather, you can see the footy live. Magic Mile goes through Maruka. Check out Goosem on top of Mount Cooper. Queen's Park, where we fought for equality. Rally to streets for LGBT. Respect traditional owners where we meet. Let's rename the Boundary Street. Brisbane, Queensland, oh my god, yeah. Come on and dance. Love you, Brisbane. Love you, Brisbane. Yes, you. 
just heard Love You Brisbane. You just actually heard two versions of Love You Brisbane and I, I'm quite excited that I, I found that uh, Love Moves did a cover of Love You Brisbane, which was the first song that I played. And then when looking for Love Moves, Love You Brisbane on Bandcamp, I found this other compilation, which was called Love You Band Camp, sorry, Love You Brisbane Remix Covers or something. It was kind of a bit noise. So there we go. Gerald Keeney is here in the studio. Thanks very much for coming in. My pleasure, Linda. Yeah, it's great to have you to have you here. It's been a while since since you were here. We had a great interview about the, uh, the Lytton Road... Oh, the phone interview we did. Yes. And, in fact, I have to apologise regarding that interview because you kind of took the line that the Lytton Road campaign was a little bit too liberal and that it wouldn't undertake direct action. And I was like, no, we can force them to undertake direct action. I can agitate. And you were right. Uh, well, I'm actually disappointed to, to hear that because, yeah, it would have been good. Yes. So I... um. Actually, what I am going to do, first of all, is play this clip that I have of you and, uh, and, and about 60 other people on Sunday. But, uh, the, the main point is you, because I think it's very good to have a discussion about what was happening in this, this, this clip. So I'll, I'll play it now. Hey, everyone's recording me as well. How 
you can record in iCard. You can record me, aren't you? Yeah, thank you. Okay. One of the problems with that is that it's not a forum where there's proper discussion. It is set up company directors for the government and so on. And it is meant to institute policies which are not helpful when it comes to confronting global problems. The way we can confront global problems is we can do it by solidarity, by getting together and uniting against exploitation and working together. She can film me, it's all right. So the problem is that that's providing a forum which uh, in itself that forum is, is immediately dangerous. It's immediately dangerous in the forums like it can lead to race riots. Okay. So so Explain meetings of meetings rights. yes, that's right. So yep. meetings such as this have in the past, especially in say London, uh, also in also in Seattle and other places and yep. uh, Portland have incited race riots. So there's an immediate danger and we're here to, to nullify that immediate danger. Secondly there's a there's a, a, a longer term danger and that is that instead of people understanding that we need to get together to solve global problems like global warming Things great for the capitalists that are in there that are funding this because it means that the workers might unite for higher wages and to demand fix the screen initiatives and so on. So, racist ideas are, 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 are wrong, they're not a way forward. Uh, the biological racist ideas that are in there also disproven scientifically by the human genome project. The market genes have been shown by surface and uh, developmental genes. So we're here to we're here to say that. Now it's true that this that the, the logical argument I'm conducting with you two is in capital there, but that's because strategy is suitable for different yeah. contexts. And I can see everyone's really passionate about it. They believe in it. So there we have it. That was a little bit of what was going on. Memories, fond of memories. Yes, yes. It seems like just yesterday. Oh, hang on, it was. It was. Yeah, yeah. So. Two days and, ago. Yeah, and talking to Gerald Keeney, you're on Subversion 1312, and we want to talk about what happened on Sunday and. I think this is where I want to start because this is one of the main things and I think maybe one of the things was like people were coming from different places and someone pointed out to me, Peter, who often comments on this show, that uh, they, were, they must probably socialists, like authoritarian people that were kind of like... You mean like, some of the people who were in the black masks? Yeah, who were those people. Well, some of them had red masks on, so... Yeah. yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, just trying to tell you to not talk to the media. Um, I think it's a deeper kind of issue. Okay, I think one of the problems is that you can go to these counter rallies, and I've been to quite a few of them. And what will happen is that you'll get a bunch of people. I won't categorise them for the moment. I'll just say a bunch of people, and they're shouting abuse at the bigots who are inside a conference or who are 
maybe meeting in a Reclaim Australia rally or some such as that. And I think one thing that can get lost is that, like, you wind up not making the arguments when you're shouting. And so I think there is a chance of convincing people on the other side. And one reason why I think that is because when I was a, a teenager, I was a Nazi punk and older people took time to tell me how I was wrong and I'm very grateful to them for showing me a superior way of thinking and I want to pay that debt by helping others who are perhaps younger, perhaps not. So I think that's one issue. Another issue is that, related to the first, is that, wow, socialists have actually got really great arguments. So why waste them with abuse? Uh, one, I'll give you a good example, okay? I was reading a socialist paper and they had an argument that immigrants don't take jobs. Here's how the argument goes. The argument goes, well, look, when the immigrant arises, they've got needs that creates jobs. And then when the immigrant establishes themselves, let's say, without wanting to stereotype too much, say in a food business, then they might create jobs, say kitchen hand, waitress jobs and so on. So that's a kick-ass argument. And sometimes it seems to me a bit of a pity that you can turn up at these kind of events and that that those kick-ass arguments that our side have got get lost under the use of the word FC, you know, shit, you know, a whole bunch of swear words, which anyone can use. Can I, I'll just jump in here and say, last week I did an interview with Tom uh, Tanuki, who, who, he started this whole yelling at racist dogs, but he said in his interview, one of the points he made was that you should look into people, like there's certain people that you know are going to be there, that you can research certain Racist personalities or whatever from the, from the anti-Protean resistance or, or right the, right whatever, yep, yep. yeah, and and like you don't just my what I took from this interview was you don't just yell like what happened on Sunday night a lot was racist dogs, racist dogs, racist dogs. You're a racist, yeah, or a his, Nazi or whatever. Yeah, his strategy is that you find out things about certain people and you yell things that are like specific and and that and that will kind of embarrass them or whatever but what happened i think and his point also was that if there's chanting and stuff it kind of bolsters the people on the other side because they're like whoa people are chanting at us people are protesting we're so you know we we're important but they're rebels yeah but if you uh if you're there actually I wish I had some examples of things that he says, but if you're there and you kind of cut them down yeah. with things you say, then, yeah. But, uh, and your point about, you know, debating and all that, I think certain people are good, like you, could talk to the media. Right. And that's the point where you could actually say things that, that and if you talk in a good way... And if you're coherent, then like it's going to be harder for them to do this this uh, this kind of flash job with with it. But whereas what happened on Sunday night is that now she's got all this audio of people calling her a racist dog and saying that she'll twist her words and 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 saying all these things which aren't very coherent or intelligent. Look, I think uh, old mate Tom is it. His 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 idea is good. I think, and one of the reasons why I think his idea is good is because I think there is a time for shouting. Like, I think if, you know, someone's trying to, more than that, look, I think there's a time for throwing punches, actually. But 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 there's definitely a time for shouting when someone's trying to break through. You're not going to be able to 
convince them in, in that circumstance? If there's about to be a race riot, you're not going to be able to convince people. You're probably going to have to, you know, be prepared to start, you know, actual actual physical confrontation. But I guess while I do believe that they, that those are both important and necessary strategies in certain contexts, they're not the strategies which apply to all contexts. So, I mean, if someone, had, if, if when I was a Nazi punk, someone had just come up in the ANU bar in Canberra, which was where it was, and punched me in the head, right? Well, that wouldn't have made me a better person. That wouldn't have made me um, able to articulate these ideas now today, right? That would have just been completely counterproductive. But on the other hand, if I had started orchestrating a race, right, then it would have been the correct thing to do to punch me in the head. And I guess in respect of what Tom's saying, if you're going to shout, and, and where the time has come to shout, and where shouting is a good a good strategy, and admittedly some people blur or get confused about when that's the case, as in the people you're talking about, then you might as well do it intelligently and, yeah, know stuff about people. So, yeah, I think Tom's idea is a pretty good one, yeah. Let's go to a song. And we're going to hear a song by Nasty, and it's called Zero Tolerance. heard from a band called Nasty and the song was called Zero Tolerance and we are talking about zero tolerance and we do have zero tolerance for racism and fascism and what we're saying, I think what Jerry is saying is that there's zero tolerance can be can come in a number of different ways. Right. Now you've got to choose the best form of, of of opposing racism and fascism. Yes, I think that's right. Um, I think, yeah, there's three main forms, I think. Argument, 
uh, verbal abuse and you know, if, it, if it comes to it, you know, punching on. And I think all there's a time and a place for each, but that. I think one thing that happens at these rallies is that people find it hard to dis- to decide what is the best form, and they might just go with one, like, say, yelling's pretty easy, right? And they'll just yell. And no matter what happens, they'll yell. And they don't really sit down to think, well, yelling could work in situation X, but not maybe in Y or Z. So I just think maybe people need to get together, and even on the internet, and think a bit about when the different tactics available to us are best used. So, for instance, if you were talking to the media and you started yelling, right... That'd be, that'd be, I think that's what you were sort of saying before, right? That would just be nonsense, right? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so I went up to the, the, the courier and I go, oh, you know, Nazis F off or something like that. Well, the, the courier's not really, I mean, even if they printed it, it's not really going to get across a point. But whereas when I actually talked to the courier, it was one of those rare, rare occasions because the editorial policies aren't as strict in the courier as so the Australian. It's one of those rare occasions where the courier actually you know, made some effort to put across the arguments I'd made to the, to to Sophie, the journalist. And that would have been wasted if I just yelled at them. Uh, yeah, in saying that, there's probably some occasions where, like, kind of get to the point where, like, it's no use talking to right. the media, I guess. Like, right, that's yeah, true Just too. to be fair. That's true too. Yeah, yep. and I'll, maybe I'll, if, I'll that. like, in America, like, Fox Media or depends on who it is like Alex Jones I guess he's not really the media but um, if he came with a microphone or whatever like hopefully someone would deck him I don't even know who he is but yeah okay he's a right wing commentator from oh, right. America yeah yeah for sure and I mean I was even surprised that we got a pretty and we, we did get quite a good hearing in the courier and I was like whoa that's that's you know I, I didn't think it would happen but I thought the, the young journalist I thought she was pretty interested and and pretty switched on, pretty intelligent, so it was always a possibility. Did you hear anything of of what the people inside were saying? Because there was this other issue about, uh, like, and that woman that interviewed you, who I saw had been inside selling T-shirts, was saying, Lauren Sutherland is not Southern or whatever her name is, is not racist. It's not racism. Uh, Everyone's saying uh, it's not racism. And she actually, that time, she tried to ask people what the definition of fascism is. And people just shut it down and said, oh, you should do your research. But I think, I mean, like, she's asking, what is your definition of fascism? And then you could ask her, well, what's your definition of fascism? I I think fascism, yeah, it's an interesting term. This is one of the reasons I don't totally agree with Antifa, because I think a lot of bigots are sort of free market freaks, you know. And fascism, I believe, should be defined historically as a, as a as a movement where people are demanding a nationalistic welfare state. Now, there are still fascists around, but I think there's two ways you could use the word. I think once we start talking definitions, I think we should fall back on something like that. Then there's also kind of a looser way of using the word, which is a bit more parochial or idiomatic. And I, I guess if we're in the looser context, then maybe... It's okay to call people fascists. As for racists, well, I always use the term bigots because a number of bigots claim that they're not biological racists and so therefore they're not racists. Now, 
is this right or not? I'm, I'm not sure, but I don't want to have the argument, right? I don't want to have the argument, so I'm just going to use the term bigot and just short uh, sidestep or shortcut around that argument. So I've got a, a definition of racism here, and, and it says racism is the belief of the superiority of one race over another, which often results in discrimination and prejudice towards people based on their race or ethnicity. But the, the thing about that... And uh, the etymology of racism, it, it, it sort of started around the 19, 1900s. They used to use the term racialism, which uh, Ali G used to use. But, yeah, racism, racism started continual use from 1936. But then... There's also the fact that uh, and that races there's no such thing as a race like races ra- the idea of races is actually a the, white supremacist idea. Right. So the genome project's shown that that that, that sort of biological racism is a load of rubbish. Why? Well, because it looks like marker genes are stuff like hair, you know, skin color, all, all the stuff that the biological racist theories need. But that's that's separate to organ development genes and and the biological racist theories really need a link between those two it's been shown scientifically since the late late 1990s increasingly that that that's just not the case now one one response from the far right has been to to fall back on a what they call they resurrected the word you used a racialist position which is a position about eth- uh, ethnic superiority or about the superiority of certain traditions like they might talk about a white um Christian tradition or some such as that, right, without attaching too much importance to the white bit and just talk about how the white race has represented this superior set of ideas. And I think one of the problems, this doesn't really get around the the, the difficulties the far right face with it, trying to have some sort of coherent position. And the reason is because it, just, just, as, just as these races don't exist, so these kind of separate cultures don't exist either. And if you want to look at, say, for instance, the way white Christian ideas developed, they developed with the use of Aristotle that they got from the Crusades and a number of other ideas that they got from the Crusades. Our mathematics system came through the Arabs. So that's that's one issue. Um, another issue about this stuff as well is that, like, even if you had... Even if you had this idea of separate ethnicities, they, they all look like they, they sort of share a lot of the same problems anyway. So... The, the, the positions the positions from the far right, whether biologically based or based on these cultural racialist positions, just they're just bad arguments at the end of the day. They're just poor arguments. We're going to go to another song now, and we'll come come back. I want to talk about Nazi Nazis as well, because that's another thing that is poorly defined by some people. This is Good Night White Pride. <laughs>
That is Good Night White Pride by Like Me. We're talking with Gerald Keeney on Subversion 1312. And we went to the convention centre on Sunday night where saw two speakers, controversial speakers from Canada, were there. And it was basically a a kind of right-wing love fest. And you did mention, too, Libertarian. There was a guy inside, I saw a video, there was a guy inside with dreadlocks, like long dreadlocks, and he was selling these stickers that said, like, freedom and... Uh, right. Yeah, kind of other kind of, I guess, libertarian kind of ideas. But he sort of looked like he almost didn't fit in there. And and one of them, I think, said, like, anarcho-capitalism. And so I went, oh, yeah, he's like a, a libertarian, an ANCAP kind of And Randy person. sort of thing. Ayn Rand sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and so the... The right wing may love abusing people, and when I posted the the video I made of the interview I did the last night with last week with Tom Tanuki, people started like abusing me and calling me not. And one thing, what this person saying, you're Nazis, you're the Nazis, you're the definition because I was like well do you, you know not really if you look at the definition of Nazi, they're like you're the German socialist. Party. Yeah, right. I guess the idea there would be well. Again, I mean, I suppose it's you could distinguish between a strict or a stricter historical use and kind of a parochial use. Maybe what the parochial use is trying to get at is that we're we're the authoritarian ones because we're preventing free speech. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. And well, obviously, you know, that, okay. That argument. I mean, look, there was a young lady there, and she had a great banner, and it said, "Hate speech is not free speech." And the the, the thinking behind that that banner is that if you wind up hating on people and encouraging bigotry, it actually intimidates people and stops people being able to express their ideas freely. So, I th- I, and I think that's a really good point. Also, I think that, like, while it's true that we do, we, we do, and as I've suggested, should perhaps resort to shouting or even violence if it's required, uh, we do it on the basis of good argumentation. On, on the basis of arguments about the results of bigotry, right, which is the results of bigotry are as follows. People are divided against each other and they can't get together and confront global problems. Now, the way bigotry works is, is, is this. It, it it might be actually pretty correct to say something like um, that there's misogyny in Islam, right? Yep, okay, thumbs up. Okay, that's cool to, to say that. But if you don't also acknowledge that there's misogyny, say, in your own backyard, then you're lying by omission, and the way that works is is that you, you're ignoring facts like, for instance, the huge rate of death that that women su- and, and serious injury women suffer at the hands of partners and ex-partners in Australia. And then what you do is instead of realising that something's messing up all the backyards, you go, oh, my backyard's the best and I'm going to, you know, fight to keep my backyard. So to begin with... You're, you're not fighting the right battle. And secondly, you've ruled out your allies, other people who want to fix up their backyards. So bigotry divides and conquers. And I think once we start making these points, it's very hard to accuse us of being sort of irrational authoritarians who are just making declamations. We've got a really good reason for, for, for why we're arguing and what we're doing. We've got really good points about it. And that's different to someone irrationally, say, for instance, touting a bogus theory about 
you know, Jewish biological inferiority or whatever the, the, the Nazi theory was. So you know, if people want to say that, they're just wrong. When I interviewed you about the Lytton Road expansion and I was sort of like, was a bit kind of uh, sceptical about what was going on with the protests and you and you said, yeah, uh, it's good to just get out there. And that's another thing, I think, Sunday night, like, it's good people got together and... Oh, it was great. It was bloody excellent. I, I, I had a very good time. There were some really great people there. It was great to see all the the uh, anti-racist skins there and all the young people there. And, you know, we were, we were a really nice, colourful crowd. There was a really good feeling there. And people could walk home proud that they'd, they'd made a difference that night and proud of standing up for, for what was true and, and, and what's right. And, yeah, I think it was an excellent... You know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Sunday night. It was an excellent time. And I think other people at the rally felt the same. I thought it was a really good feeling there. And uh, I was very heartened by it. And, yeah, it was awesome. And, you know, even the courier acknowledging that we had a point. I mean, it was a successful outcome. I was, yeah, I, I went home happy. Yeah. 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 I got, I've, I've been getting congratulations from people interstate and overseas who, yeah. who saw stuff, you know, like, oh, great, you know, look great, you know. Even the pictures, you know, they, they just look fantastic. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. And and talking about the, the skins, the skinheads, I give a shout-out to to our our uh, friend Anna and, and the Ipswich. Yeah, shops. they were great. They were great. Yeah. Yeah, so it was good to see them there. Thanks very much for coming in today. Jerry. No worries. Gerald, and you were doing a, you were actually doing, you did a, a discussion about Anne Ryan, who we mentioned. Anne, Anne, ah, yes, Ayn Rand. Ayn, whatever her name is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that was at the Puke something. Uh, the Vomit Cabaret night. The next one is the 16th of July at the East Brisbane Bowls Club. I it's might actually a, give it. It's the 31st of July. At the oh, sorry, 16th of August, my bad. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. We're, actually, we are into time travel, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that'll be great. Uh, I might give a bit brief report back on the on the uh, on the demo a couple of nights back, and there'll be lots of great stuff there. There's music, uh, absurd theatre, uh, plenty of poetry. Yep, come along. Fantastic. Thank you. We're going to hear Vomit Cabaret. Another Nazi song. This is by Tumbawamba, The day the Nazi died. Anti-fascismus band, like this is the actual. This is the anti-fascismus league. So that after the war, the Nazis vanished without a trace. But battalions of fascists to dream of a master race. The history books they tell of their defeat in '45. They all came out of the woodwork on the day the Nazi died. Straight a prisoner of Sponda was a symbol of defeat. Whilst Hess remained in prison, then the fascists they would beat. Till the promise of an Aryan world would never materialize. So why did they all come out of the woodwork on the day the Nazi died? The world is riddled with maggots, the maggots are getting fat. They're making a tasty meal of all the bosses and bureaucrats. They're taking over the boardrooms and they're fat and full of pride And they all came out of the woodwork on the day the Nazi died So if you meet with these historians, I'll tell you what to say Tell them that the Nazis never really went away 
They're out there burning houses down and peddling racist lies. And we'll never rest again until every Nazi dies.
Nazi Army there. And thanks very much to Joe Kinney for coming in to have a chat about Sunday night, a bit of a, a debrief about what happened at the anti-racism rally. A lot of people kind of think now that Antifa, like that the whole thing is Antifa and everyone that was there who they were all Antifa. But as I think we may have maybe mentioned as well is that there's other people, other people there, socialists and socialists and, and socialists and Gerald Keeney was there as well. And probably people who don't identify particularly with any political ism. Time for me to go now. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week from nine o'clock on Tuesday, hopefully with Mark and others. On July 28th, the Nazis of Patriot Front attacked Occupy ICE in San Antonio. This August, the same fascist groups that terrorized and murdered people last year are preparing to rally around the U.S. again. They are the street wing of the Trump agenda. We have to shut them down wherever they organize. Portland, Berkeley, Charlottesville, Washington, D.C., anywhere they try to recruit. Above all, we can't let them stop us from standing up to the violence of the state, fighting back against ICE, murderous police, and the rise of authoritarianism, all out against fascism, all out this August. You're listening to Dissident Island Radio. Live every first and third Friday of the month at 9pm GMT. Check out www.dissidentisland.org for downloads and more. Check out Subversion 1312 online, autonomousactionradio.com, facebook.com, forward slash sub anarchy show. Anarchy underscore show on Twitter. And on the 4ZZZ website, 4ZZZFM.org.au.
think that violence can be even even applied to the natural environment because we rely upon the natural environment for our survival. But inanimate objects, especially those that are man-made and are used to destroy life, I don't think you can be violent too. I think it's a lot of times more violent to allow them to exist. process which is known and very visible but perhaps not acknowledged as much as it should be it is that one where a new idea or an old one in new form is accepted by a minority while the majority are shouting treason rubbish kook communist capitalist or whatever is the term of abuse valued in that society and they develop this idea at first probably in secrecy or in semi-secrecy and then more and more visibly, with more and more support, until, guess what? what? This seditious, impossible, wrong-headed idea becomes what